This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. It's the old radio comedy podcast. It's episode 39 of season 2 and time for another classic comedy radio show from the golden age of radio. Eddie Cantor was one of the biggest names in comedy radio, as well as a singer, dancer, songwriter, and vaudevillian actor. He made his first appearance in vaudeville in 1907 in New York's Clinton Music Hall, toured with Al Lee as Cantor and Lee, and appeared in his Broadway debut in 1917 in the Ziegfeld Follies, which he continued in until 1927. Cantor appeared in radio on Rudy Valley's The Fleischmann's Yeast Hour in 1931, then went on as the host of the Chase and Sanborn Hour, alternately known as the Eddie Cantor Show, which shot him to fame as a leading comedian and the world's highest-paid radio star. His program was so famous that he agreed to introduce a new song in 1934 by the songwriters J. Fred Coots and Haven Gillespie that other artists had rejected for being silly, called Santa Claus is Coming to Town. The sheet music sold 100,000 copies the day following his radio program, and 400,000 copies by that Christmas. His show, Time to Smile, ran from 1940 to 1946, followed by the Paps Blue Ribbon Show from 1946 to 1949, although both were still announced as the Eddie Cantor Show. And in the early 1960s, he syndicated a short radio program called Ask Eddie Cantor. Now sit back and relax for the January 3rd, 1945 broadcast of The Eddie Cantor Show. Bristol-Myers, makers of Sal Hepatica for the Smile of Health, and True Shave, the beforehand lotion, presents The Eddie Cantor Show. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, in the early part of New Year's Eve, Eddie Cantor put on a show for the servicemen at the Hollywood Canteen. We turn back the clock and pick Eddie up as he's singing for the boys. G.I. Joe, he was with the show when the boys invaded France. He stopped the shell by chance and met romance in an ambulance. Cute Marie was a nurse and she stole Joey's heart away. While convalescing day by day, he'd look at her and say, Oh, Frenchie, oh, Frenchie, Frenchie, although your language is so new to me. When you say we, we, la, la, we mean you and me, la, la. Oh, Frenchie, oh, Frenchie, Frenchie, you won my heart with your bravery. March on, march on, with any boy you see. But when you, la, 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 oh, Frenchie, save your la, la, la for me. Oh, Frenchie, oh, Frenchie, Frenchie. You are the one gay man fell for me. March on, march on, with any boy you see. But when you la, 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 oh, Frenchy, 
save your ooh la la. They're just sweet la la la. Save your ooh la la for me. down here at the Hollywood Canteen. I'm glad you like the show. And now, now, if you really want to see the old year go out and the new year come in, I want to invite all of you over to my house at 1014 Roxbury Drive. What do you say? Hey, 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 hey. Harry, Harry Bonzell and I leave first to get things ready. So come on over, all of you men in uniform. Come on, Harry. Okay, I'm ready, Eddie. Come on, Nora. Already. Come on, Leonard. Let's go. Eddie, Eddie, will you be careful the way you're driving? Gee, I'm so excited. And you two kids in the back, Leonard and Nora, the way you're necking, you're not helping me one bit, you know. Oh, oh, Mr. Cantor. Say, Eddie, it was a swell show you put on tonight for all our fighting men. Yes, Harry, we had soldiers, sailors, marines, aviators. In fact, we only missed one branch of our fighting men. Who was that? Tommy Dorsey couldn't show up. Oh, wasn't Harry? Oh, it sure was. Say, did you see the fellow who just got back from overseas dancing with Dorothy Lamour? Dance? Did you say dancing? Yeah. When they finished jitterbugging, she was wearing his campaign ribbon. No. <laughs> oh, yeah. And she deserved them, you know. You know, she saw as much action as he did. <laughs> You know something, Eddie? During intermission, I tried to dance close to Carol Landis, but it was impossible, I so I just danced. I know. <laughs> Why was it impossible to dance close to her? There was a Marine in the middle. <laughs> you know, everybody talks about how the servicemen dance. Did you ever get a load of the women in the service, Harry? Now, they really tossed you around. You said it. I happened to dance with a Red Cross nurse, and when we got through, I needed her. <laughs> Before the music started, she got set in a rumba pose. Uh -huh. In the front, she was all bent over. And from the back, yeah. she looked like she was trying to get away on furlough. <laughs> By the way, Leonard, your music, really, kid, your music was wonderful tonight. Thank you, Mr. Canner. I, I, I sure had a swell time. I could have enjoyed myself more if Leonard weren't so jealous. Oh. He kept watching me every time I danced with a soldier or Marine. Well, sure, I was worried. The only time I didn't have to watch her was when she danced with a sailor. Yeah. Really? Why didn't you watch her then? I had to watch the sailor. <laughs> I don't blame you. Guys, I sure got embarrassed watching. You see, I don't know how to dance, so Nora and I just had to stand on the floor with our arms around each other. And you know something? What? It's better that way. <laughs> oh, I'm so anxious for Leonard to know how to dance. I asked him to go to Arthur Murray's, but he refused. Well, why, Leonard? Well, how would you like to learn how to dance with Arthur Murray? No. You don't understand, Leonard. Arthur Murray teaches dancing. But he also has hundreds of girls. Well, gee, then how does he find time to teach dancing? <laughs> Leonard, did you ever have a talk with your mother about life? Oh, oh yes, and now we subscribe to it. It's kind, too. Quick and second. Mr. Cantor, isn't this your house? 1014 Roxbury Drive? 1014, yes. That's it. Let's go out and get into action. Here Come on. Go. Anybody home? Hello? Hello? How do you do? <laughs> what are you doing in the dining room? Why aren't you in the kitchen? I am having trouble with the cook. Well, Russia, the cook is young and beautiful. That's my trouble. I hate. <laughs> Russia, would you 
Will you get in the kitchen and prepare the food? Not me. No, sir. I'm leaving. Uh, Your house is too big. Running upstairs, downstairs, up the attic, down the basement. I'm all worn out from running. Yeah, but Russian, why do you have to run? The cook is not standing still, you know. <laughs> Now, listen here, Russian. <laughs> listen to me. Eddie's got guests to serve out there. Now, you go back in there and make up with the cook. Never. Never. She insulted me. She refused to permit me to make my specialty. Mm-hmm. Turnovers with tartar sauce. Turnovers with... Is it good? Good. Hmm. Once in old Roger, I cooked my special turnovers for Prince Romanov. Oh, well, what happened? Two weeks after he died... He was still turning over. <laughs> oh, yes, I told Daddy. Look, Russian, what? I don't think you know anything about cooking at all. But most, yes. <laughs> I wrote a book on recipes. Yes. In poetry. Part one. Yes. Page one. Go ahead. Go ahead. There once was a once was a once was a once was a butcher named butcher named Hutton, whose wife was a glutton for mutton. He sneaked up behind her. Put her in the grinder. No hutton, no mutton, no glutton, no nothing. No hutton, no mutton, no glutton. No Russian, I quit. Wait a minute. Russian, you can't quit now. It's the night of my party. I, sir, tender my resignation. And if it's tender enough, yes, I'll eat it. Oh, get out of here, Russian, please. Russian trying to kiss all my cooks. A fine mess that leaves me in... Oh, Nora. Yes, Mr. Cantor. Listen, honey. Go into the living room and sing a couple of songs to the boys. All right. I've got to get busy and get some help for the party. The Russian and the cook both walked out. Walked out? Why? Well, the cook got mad at the Russian for what he did. Uh-huh. And the Russian got mad at the cook for what she didn't. Oh. <laughs> now, go ahead, Nora, will you? Say, Eddie. Yeah. That pretty cook of yours just came back. Oh, good, Harry. Where is she? Yeah, she's gone. Yeah. I thought you... She said she just came back. Yeah, well, she just came back for a bottle of Truche, the beforehand lotion. I get her what? Truche. T-R-U-S-H-A-Y. Truche. I know how to spell Truche, but what about the cook? Cook. C-O-O-K. No, no. <laughs> Harry, don't be so smart. Well, I'm not being smart, Eddie, but the cook is being smart, coming back for that bottle of Truche. You call that being smart? Why, certainly. She knows, like so many busy women, that Truche is just the thing to use to help keep her hands soft and lovely in spite of hot soapy water. And Truche will really do that because Truche is based on a different idea than other hand lotions. Truche is a beforehand lotion. A lotion that you put on your hands before you put them in hot, soapy water. Truche's beforehand protection will then help guard your hands from the rough, drying effects of the hot, soapy water. Help keep your hands softer, smoother, lovelier. So why not do what thousands of lovely women are doing to help keep their hands beautiful? Begin today to use Truche. All right, Harry. You've convinced me that my cook was smart and Truche is wonderful. Oh, good. But right now, try to see if you can find anyone we can hire to help in the kitchen. Someone to cook. Someone to cook? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Eddie, you've got five daughters living right here in the house. Harry, if they could cook, do you think they'd still be living in this house? <laughs> well, I tell you what let's do. Let's go in and hear Nora sing to the boys. Huh? Oh, yes. Let's do that, huh? Okay. Here she goes. <laughs> Now, 
fine here, but somebody should be fixing refreshments. What are you going to do? Look, Harry, I put in a call for Jack Benny to see if I can borrow Rochester. Oh, good. Well, I hope Jack's home. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. I know last New Year's Eve he went to Ciro's, you know. Ciro's? That's $15 a head. Don't tell me Jack Benny paid that. No, no, no. Leave it to Benny. When he found out it was $15 a head, he got down on his hands and knees and backed in. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this must be Benny. Uh Hello, Jack. This is Eddie Cantor. Yeah. Say, Jack. I hate to bother you on New Year's Eve, but I wanted to ask you a little favor. Hello? Hello? Huh? <laughs> Rochester, put Mr. Benny back on the phone. Tell him it's not money. <laughs> what a coward. Look, Jack. Jack, I brought a lot of servicemen over here from the canteen, and I need someone to help me with the sandwiches and refreshments. In fact, I'm even willing to pay $5. No, Jack, you shouldn't leave your guests for that. No. <laughs> Jack, Jack, look, would you let me borrow Rochester? He's busy what? Shampooing your hair. Well, let him bring it with him. We'll dry it and send it back tomorrow. <laughs> you will send Rochester, right? Oh, thanks, Jack. You're a pal. Send him to my house. You know, 1014 Roxbury Drive. Harry, ha- oh, Harry. Oh, Harry. here I am, Eddie. I was just getting my baby so he can pin the 1945 banner across his chest. Good. Everything's going to work out. Rochester's coming over to help. And at 12 o'clock, we'll bring Eddie Cantor Von Zell Jr. out as the New Year's baby. Yeah. Gosh, my kid's first New Year's. (laughs) You're going to be the New Year's baby for all the servicemen. What do you think of that, little fella? (laughs) There goes that goo again. He says nothing else. I wonder what he's trying to say when he says goo, Harry, huh? Except the way he plays. 
I wished he'd stop throwing me up in the air. Either that or start catching me. <laughs> Popeyes likes me. For Christmas, he gave me a piggy bag, and on the bottom it says, One seal bring to the bag. Ten fourteen Roxbury Drive. <laughs> I wish it was 12 o'clock so the new year would be here. It'll be a big year for me. I'll be learning to walk and to talk. All I can say now is, Goo! Oh, well, that's better than nothing. So happy Goo Year, everybody! Happy Goo Year! Harry! Yes, Eddie? Harry, put the baby back in his crib until 12 o'clock. Yeah. Then you can go in with Leonard and Nora and help entertain the boys. Oh, there's somebody at the door, Eddie. I'll get it. Well, hello, Rochester. Hello, Mr. Kennedy. Well, what do I do? Where do I do it? And how much do I do it for? <laughs> Same old Rochester. Rochester, why don't you take advantage of the new year and turn over a new leaf? Oh, I made up some New Year's resolutions. First of all, I'm going to stop shooting crabs. Wonderful, Rochester. And I ain't going to tell a single lie. That's fine. Unless it's because I've been out shooting crabs. <laughs> Shame on you. Let me tell you something about telling the truth, Rochester. There was once a great American, George Washington. George Washington? He lives next door to me. No, no, no. <laughs> Rochester, the George Washington I'm talking about was a president. The George Washington that lives next door to you must be a duplicate. Duplicate? He's a carbon copy. <laughs> It's getting late, so here's five dollars. I want you to go to the drugstore, get two dozen Cokes, a couple of quarts of ice cream, and a carton of cigarettes. A uh, carton of what? Cigarettes. You may not know it, but you got your best joke right there. <laughs> Say, Harry, it looks looks like I'm going to have to give Rochester a hand in the kitchen. Can you do something to entertain the boys? Oh, well, I do uh, swell imitations. Here, uh, listen to this. Al Jolson. <laughs> That's an imitation of Al Jolson? He's got a cold. <laughs> I have an imitation of a man getting up in the morning. Yeah? Listen to this one, Eddie. Well, Harry, where's the imitation? Don't you get it? The guy felt lousy after New Year's Eve, so he stays in bed. <laughs> That's ridiculous, Harry. Well, you're right there, Eddie. Feeling bad and not wanting to get up in the morning is ridiculous. It's ridiculous when it's so easy to feel better. Just what do you mean? Well, you know, Eddie, one glass of sparkling sal hepatica can make a man feel a lot better when he wakes up in the morning, feeling out of sorts and headachy due to the need of a laxative. For sal hepatica taken then brings quick, gentle relief, usually within an hour. That means you don't have to risk feeling miserable all day waiting until night to take a laxative. You take Sal Hepatica the minute you need it. What's more, Sal Hepatica gives you another advantage. This famous saline helps sweeten an upset stomach by helping to reduce excess gastric acidity. So tonight or tomorrow, get a bottle of Sal Hepatica from your druggist. Remembering this caution, use only as directed. Then whenever you need a laxative, morning, noon, or night, see how much faster you feel better thanks to gentle, speedy Sal Hepatica. wonderful the way you help people feel better, but you know another way for you to help people feel better? What, Eddie? No more of your imitation. Oh, remember that. <laughs> yeah? Wait a minute. Is that for me? Yeah. Hello? 
Hello? Hello? It's no use. You I'm not talking to. <laughs> Russia, will you stop pouting? Why didn't you come back? You can help Rochester in the kitchen. Help Rochester? We couldn't work together because I wouldn't be able to understand a word he's saying. Yeah, why not? That man is speaking with a dialect. <laughs> What do you think you speak with? I, I speak... I say, what do you think you speak with? A southern girl. <laughs> now, Russian, will you stop being stubborn and come back? Camper, we shall never be reconciled. Because of my southern girl, I got a job on a different radio program. A different... a different program? What's the name of it? We Are the People. <laughs> Oh, well, let him quit, Harry. Thank goodness Jack loaned us Rochester to help us. Yeah, that was sure nice of Jack. Well, why not? After all, Jack, Benny, and I grew up doing favors for each other. Why, when we were kids, Harry, if Jack had a date and didn't have enough money to take his girl out, he'd come to me. And you'd lend him the money? No, I'd take his girl out. Oh, oh I... Oh, hello, Rochester. Did you get everything from the store? Yes, sir. Here's the ice cream. Here's the Coca-Cola. Yes. And here's some cigarettes. And, Rochester, where's my change? And here's the ice cream. I know. My change, Rochester. Here's the Coca-Cola. Where is my change? Oh, they didn't have none of that. <laughs> Rochester, I want you to answer one question. Where is my change? There's a question I'd like to kick around a while with information, please. <laughs> Rochester, what I sent you for cost $4. Now, what happened to the other dollar? Well, it was an embarrassing situation. <laughs> After all, Mr. Keller, I couldn't let that stranger buy me a drink without me buying him a drink. When did a stranger buy you a drink? Right after I bought him a drink. <laughs> the most far-fetched thing I ever heard. Now get busy in the kitchen while I go in and see how the gang is making out. Hey, there it is. Hey, 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 hey. Hey, fellas. I'm sorry I've been busy in the kitchen most of the night. Hey, Cantor. Yes, sailor. Ain't you from New York? Sure, I'm from New York. Where are you from? Brooklyn. Brooklyn, huh? Yeah. Brooklyn. Yeah. New York is right near it. <laughs> and where are you from, soldier? I'm from Pennsylvania. I'm a Pennsylvanian, too. Yeah. I'm from the greatest state in the world, Texas. Yeah, what about Michigan? What about Michigan? Hey, what about it? Wait a minute. What's your home state, young fella? Oklahoma, sir. Grand oh, place oh, ever. Yeah. yeah. That's what Illinois is. Yeah. Hey, wait a minute, fellas. Wait a minute. I've got an idea. Let's make a game of this. I'd like to have you boys sing a song that has the name of your state in it. Don't worry about the music. Leonard Tooze and his men will pick it up. Come on, you guys from Pennsylvania. What do you say? Like up the music, the band has begun. The Pennsylvania was done. Pick up your partner and join in the fun. The Pennsylvania polka down by the Ohio. Back home again in Indiana, through the fields I used to roam. Oh, 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 Hanging long, and then I'll holler so the world will 
Such a teensy-weensy poor little Rhode Island. Let all the Texans yippie-yay. You're still the best part of this land I dearly love. And I'll include Iowa. They've written songs about the South. They've written songs about the North. And I have heard them say there's nothing finer than Carolina in the morning. But how about the nights and cool little Rhode Island? Be careful if you're fancy free. In Providence, one day, she stole my heart away. I dream of her constantly. Let the sun shine bright on your old Kentucky home. Rhode Island's the place for me. And here's another chorus. Oh, little Rhode Island, be careful if you're fancy free. In Providence, one day, she stole my heart away. I dream of her constantly. California, here I go. Way back east where they got snow. Oh, little Rhode Island, that's the place for me. Rochester, everybody's gone. Party's over. It was a big success, thanks to you. Now, will you help me clean up? I'm sorry, Mr. Cannon. I'd like to stay, but I gotta go to a New Year's Eve party of my own. Well, what time do you have to be there? Don't make no difference. This one started last New Year's. <laughs> oh, so that party's been going on since 1943. Tell me, Rochester, will the same gang still be there? Just about. Of course, the draft board necessitated a few replacements. <laughs> That's very sad. We got the whole slip in the window waiting for him to come back. <laughs> Rochester, I'll do anything in the world if you stay and help me with this mess. I'll even get down on my knees and beg you. Mr. Cannon, if you get down on your knees, don't beg me. Beg me. <laughs> All right, if that's what you want, Rochester, I have some dice. Go ahead, boss. Never thought I'd get a crack at a millionaire. <laughs> That's $200,000. $200,000? Don't worry, Mr. Cannon. I'm good for it. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you are, Rochester. Good night, Mr. Cannon. Good night, Rochester. Before I go, Mr. Cannon, about them dice, are you sure they was on the level? Why, certainly, Rochester. There was nothing phony about those dice. Mm. Well, it's the first time I ever run up against a rug that was loaded. 
Wednesday with you As friend to friend I'm sorry it's true I'm telling you Just how I feel I hope you feel That way too Be sure to listen in next week when we bring you a show full of surprises, including those famous Andrew sisters. Now for an important message. Ladies and gentlemen, there are convoys loaded with desperately needed war materials that are not sailing because the ships need experienced seamen. We must get those supplies to our fighting men. First mates, second mates, able-bodied seamen and oilers are needed. And needed now. Wire collects... U.S. Merchant Marine, Washington, D.C. Get those convoys sailing so they can bring our men back faster. This is Eddie Cantor saying, good night, everybody. See you next week. That was the January 3rd, 1945 broadcast of the Eddie Cantor Show. If you're enjoying the podcast and you haven't done so already, please give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. It really helps our listenership grow, and it gives me a buzz. See you next time right here for another classic comedy radio broadcast. I'm Greg Fordyce, and remember... Mm -hmm.